0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I'm going to the book of Genesis chapter 49 and verse 28. And these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them, everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. I'm getting ready to die. That's what he's saying. He gave him this instruction, bury me with my father's. In the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. In the cave that is in the field of Machpelia, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan. Which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife. And there I buried Leah. The purchase of the field and of the cave that is therein was from the children of Heth. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed, yielded up the ghost, and was gathered unto his people. Put your Bibles down and let us begin to pray. And let's ask God to do a work in this place today hallelujah would you lift your voice in faith believing that whatever god desires he's about to do it lord for your word oh god is already anointed but lord would you anoint our lips and anoint our ears and anoint our lives O oh god baptize us with the holy ghost so that we may have revelation from the word lord that your word may become incarnate inside of our hearts and that we would respond to the word lord jesus with a serious amen and a sincere word of faith hallelujah lord we love you tonight and we give you praise hallelujah lord we thank you glory be to god anybody come with an attitude of faith tonight Anybody have some body language of faith tonight? Glory! Praise God. You can be seated today. I want to preach tonight on this thought. In love with the ugly. In love with the ugly. Love is a Great and splendid thing. We could go today into a lengthy discourse on the ideology of its depths and on this thing called love, only to realize that we still know nothing about it. Love is that unexplainable emotion that will make you do crazy things like drive and wear out a car. Got you, Brother Mason. Love, love, it will steal your sanity, make you feel like you just don't know what to do, whether things are heads up or not. Love will make grown men act like babies. Love will make ladies, amen, do, well, I'll just let you think whatever you want to think. Love can make life worth living and miserable at the same time. Love love can simultaneously cause a flutter in your heart and a pain in your neck. Love is in the air. Yes, it is. Love is everywhere. Some are falling in love and others say they're falling out of love. Many fall victim to this potent potion called love. A young high school student wrote a poem that is entitled, What is Love? What is love, she says, ask the child untouched, whose mother's hand he clutched. His tender heart knows only trust, feels only love, and knows not lust. What is love, ask the blossoming soul, questioning her life's role, struggling to separate infatuation from love's fate. What is love? Ask the young, enlightened, remembering passions hidden, wondering if it was an act of love or if not approved by God above. What is love? Ask the united one, whose ring reflects the golden sun, hoping it will last forever, that they will always remain together. What is love? Ask the furrowed face moved at a rithering pace. It has remained all around me to its treasure. I have not found the key. What is love? I cannot explain. It includes extremes of happiness and pain. I will never understand love's many hues, yet I will always know that I love you. Amen. There are those today that flow with the roller coaster in this thing called love. Just a few months ago, Sister Gill and I, my lovely wife celebrated 30 years of being married together. I talked to her on the phone right before church. Amen. And my heart still flutters when I think about this beautiful lady. I love her. I remember the first time I laid eyes on her. She walked into church in a beautiful red dress and something said she's the one. Amen. I I, I love this thing called love but it causes you to do crazy things. It'll cause you to act in an unusual way but one man said when love is not madness it Is not love. Love causes people to be crazy. Love causes people to do things that they said they would never do. Love will make you reach when you don't want to reach. Love is a spark. It is a fire. It is a passion. Amen. If I may quote somebody I don't care for, but may I say, all you need is love, love, love. In the story before us, we find a man by the name of Jacob who was a man of passion. He was a man of of love. He was a man that that had some feelings and some emotion. Jacob leaves his home and he's running from the destruction of his destiny and his brother. And he goes to family members and he begins to look for love. On some love. He winds up at a Well, And we find that this well is covered with a great stone so huge the Bible says they had to move the stone and, and so they could get to the watering hole. The Bible says, and they had to put the rock back over the well. But when this man called Jacob sees a lady by the name of Rachel, he is so moved by his, her beauty, he wanted to impress her so much that he moved the stone. He said, you know what? I'm going to make sure she notices me. Did you see they did it? Well, I did it. Yeah. Love. Love sparks begins to fly in Jacob's mind. Jacob was smitten by Rachel's beauty. This is her. This is the one. I just know it. Her radiant beauty was making his heart beat at a fast rate. He said to, uh, to Daddy Laban, his, her, Rachel's father said, Daddy Laban, I, I want to marry Rachel. She's my soulmate. She's my soulmate. You know, that puppy eyed look that, 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 that those young loves get. Amen. He's thinking, when I walk with Rachel on my arm, everybody's going to notice. When I have Rachel beside me, I'll throw my chest back and say, Look what I got. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But the situation was unique in that uh, Rebecca had a sister whose name was Leah. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 29 and verse 16, and Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. And all the Bible says about Leah is that she was tender-eyed. Verse 17, Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel, and said, I will serve thee, speaking to her father, seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Rachel, she is the one, the Bible says, that is beautiful. She's she's beautiful to look upon. The word Rachel means to journey. Rachel travels well. Rachel looks good. Rachel's easy on the eyes. Rachel is attractive. Rachel has a figure. Amen. Rachel has the look. But all the Bible says about Leah is that she's tender-eyed. She's she's tender-eyed. And there's difference of opinion as to what exactly that means tender-eyed. Maybe she's weak. She's got droopy eye. I I don't know. But can I just look at this just a little bit as one definition I saw is that she has an eye of compassion everything else she's not attractive and the only good quality the Bible could look at Leah in looking at her couldn't say anything about her face couldn't say anything about her figure couldn't say anything about the way she walked she may have been hunched back like the like Notre Dame's hunchback she may have been as ugly as mud and probably was but she had a tender eye can't say a lot about her figure but those eyes Jacob had eyes for Rachel. Leah has tender eyes. Leah actually means to tire or disgusted. When mama had Leah born, she said, I'm disgusted. Rachel was dazzling. Leah was disgusting. Rachel was pretty. Leah was plain. Rachel was radiant, Leah was rough. Rachel was beautiful, and Leah had tender eyes. Rachel had good looks, and Leah, she's just got soft eyes. Rachel looked good, but Leah had gentle eyes. Rachel looked like a model, but all you could say about Leah is that she had tender eyes. Rachel made people's heads turn, but Leah had compassionate eyes. Rachel had perfect hair, perfect lips, perfect figure, perfect eyebrows. She was a beauty to behold, but Leah only had tender eyes so Jacob worked seven years to get married I think that ought to be a prerequisite for marriage I think you ought to work seven years before you ever get married Dear goodness, if a plumber has to go and before he can ever get his license has got to be under the leadership and the tutelage of a master plumber for five to seven years, depending upon where you are, but you can go to, I didn't its not my notes, but you can go down to the courthouse and pop, get you a marriage license and think that's going to solve your problem, buddy. I'm telling you, if you really like it, you ought to be able to work for it. So... Jacob worked seven years to get his beauty bride. And so the day goes, and, and she's covered with veils and comes in, and they're, they're going through the ceremony. Anybody, <laughs> he is so pumped. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Only to wake up in the morning and see that his father-in-law did a switcheroo on him. And he wakes up not with the beauty of Rachel, but he wakes up with tender eyes. Kind of like that old story about a man who, want, who married a woman and all she could do, he loved the way she can sing. She was as ugly as mud, but she can sing. And when he got up the first morning, amen, after they got married, he got up with her and he said, sing, baby, sing. He woke up with tender-eyed Leah. So he works another seven years and he gets Rachel finally. And as the story goes on, Jacob leaves this place to go back to the promised land with his family and he leaves with re- re- Rachel and Leah and for the next 10 chapters in the book of Genesis it covers uh, decades of time Jacob lives between the pretty and the ugly Jacob lives between the, the, the mile and the mud Jacob lives between the appealing and the appalling Jacob lives between the lovely and the unsightly you see Jacob was consumed with the beauty of Rachel he was consumed with her figure. He was consumed because it touched his heart. It pulled his heart. It, it moved, moved him. It made his heart flutter. But can I tell you? While Rachel, as the story goes on, while Rachel was the object of Jacob's affection, Jacob became the object of Leah's. Leah had a... Tender eye Leah had a heart for service to Jacob and the ability to reproduce. Leah produced three times as many sons as Rachel. Jacob spent most of his life doting on Rachel, but in retrospect, Leah spent all of her life doting on Jacob. Amen. The object of Jacob's affection, Rachel, one day died, and she died in childbirth. She died because of, and I find it interesting that as as Rachel, the object of of Jacob's love, is birthing her second son, Benjamin. We know him as Benjamin, but she didn't call him Benjamin when he was born. She called him sorry. She said, He's sorry. You see, Rachel is the one that brought the idols from from her father's house with her. Rachel was the one that had a fixation on her own life, on her own needs. She wasn't really in it about Jacob. So Rachel dies. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 35 and verse 19. 35 and 19. And Rachel died and was buried in the way of, To Ephrath which is in Bethlehem what appealed to Jacob's emotion wasn't there anymore what energized his flesh was now gone what stroked his ego no longer stood beside him all his heart had seemingly wanted had now vanished the dream love was now dead Amen. When he had buried all that his flesh wanted. When he had buried Rachel, he had Leah standing there. Leah was patiently waiting with tender loving eyes to care and to comfort Jacob the one she loved. Leah is there to hold his hand and give him strength and support though he did not seemingly love her. Leah helps him get through the rough times and strokes his hair at night as she is weeping. Leah she may not look like much she may not have the beautiful figure she may not have the pristine face but what She's got it's some tender eyes. Somewhere in the process of time, Jacob's feelings for Leah changes. After some trials, after some problems, after some hardships, that beautiful thing that once Consumed his immature passion has now shifted to the deepest type of love as he gazes into a tender-eyed lady called Leah. And through the process of time, Leah then dies. But notice, she is not buried with Rachel in Ephrath, she is not buried on the wayside, she's not buried in some secondhand borrowed tomb. But he takes her to where his daddy is buried and where his mommy is buried and where his granddaddy is buried and where his grandmother is buried and he takes her to Machpelia before Memory. he takes her to a place when you look at Machpelia it means to fold together when you look at memory, it means passion he takes her to his place of a complete passion of a folded passion he takes her and by burying her in memory, Machpelia I want to tell you what he saying. He's saying bury me with the ugly one. I want you to know that I love the ugly one. It's the ugly one that I have fallen head and heels for. It's the ugly one that I have decided yes, yes. to bury with my parents and grandparents. And when it come time for Jacob to to say, I'm about to die. When it come time for Jacob to to just kick the bucket, when it came time for him to say, Saranara, he said like this, I am going to be gathered unto my people, but here's what you're supposed to do. You're going to take me to the cave in the field of Machpelia in memory and you're going to take me where Abraham is buried, and you're going to take me where Sarah is buried, and you're going to take me where Daddy Isaac is buried, and you're going to take me where where my mommy is buried, and you're going to put me right now, next to Leah you're gonna lay my body right next to my love you he did not bury himself with Rachel he buried himself with Leah you see I have found what really matters it's not what looks good to me it's not what tickles my flesh it's not what this heart pitter-patters for that I think I have fallen in love with. It's not the beauty of this world. It's not the finer things of this world that makes it, if I can put it on my arm, if I can drive it, if I can have it, if I can live in it, if I can be this, if I can love the beauty of the, the you know what? It's not that. But I have found that what I need is a tender-eyed savior. What I need is a tender-eyed gospel. What I need is that something on the outside doesn't look very pretty. It doesn't look like a model. It doesn't look like a church that everybody wants to go to. It's not gorgeous. Amen. It's unexplainable. It's pitiful. But I'm telling you, I have fallen in love with the ugly. I have fallen in love with the unexplainable. I've fallen in love, amen, with the Holy, please bury me with the one I'm most attracted to. Bury me with the one that has been with me in the hard times. Bury me with the one that has been, you see there's some people today, they only want the church for what they can get out of it. As long as they can get something out of the church, they'll show up. As long as they can get a blessing, but I want to tell you what a loving Savior is doing. He's standing there tender eyed, he's standing with compassion. And his love is a love that is waiting, his love is a love that's staying, his love is a love that looks through the long haul. He's not willing for that date, he's not looking for that holding of hands, he's not looking for a momentary kiss, but he's looking for bearing with with him I want to be buried with him ah, that's right. That's right. Three, what are you in love with today what are you in love with today what gets your heart mm. oh the pastoral ministry starts rising up within me, within me and I want to meddle I want to meddle I watch some people go after Rachel call a ball game. And they can't show up to church because they gotta go date Rachel because it tickles their flesh. I've seen people give up their prayer time for golf. Much less giving it up for drugs and alcohol. I'd love to be in the house of the Lord, but I got a Rachel I'm dating. I'd love to be able to come and be a part. I'd love to be a part of your ministry, Pastor. I'd love to serve. I'd love to be an usher. I'd love to be a greeter. But but I got a Rachel that I'm dating right now. It's another love. But you just wait until your Rachel dies. You just wait until that partner runs off and leaves you. You just wait until the drugs leave you high and dry. You just wait until your hands are broken and you can't play golf. And you can't shoot a gun. And you can't go here and you can't play a ball. Then what are you left with? you left with a tender-eyed Savior that is standing, waiting, longing, loving, mercy, mercy, mercy. He's got mercy eyes. He's got eyes of compassion. That said, I've been here all the time. I've been here all the time. In the book of Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number two, prophetically speaking, a long time before Jesus ever came, but prophetically talking about when Jesus would come. It says, for he, speaking of Jesus, Isaiah 53 and 2, He shall grow up before thee as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He's so ugly. He's so hideous. i got to turn my face from him. That doesn't look attractive to me. This going to church business, this living for God, this selling out doesn't look attractive to me. He's not very pretty. But verse 4 says, Surely. He had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I'm here to tell you today what Jesus did for you. And what he did for me on Calvary was not a beautiful scene. Our flesh craves the appealing. Our flesh craves the beautiful. Our flesh craves the sensitive and the satisfying. Oh, but just one glance at the gospel and you will see it is not attractive. Across the blood, not attractive. But Paul said like this, in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 he said for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us let me read it like let me me read it like i'm going to put in my own transliteration for the preaching of the cross to them that perish is not very pretty But unto us which are saved, it's gorgeous. I want to take you today to Golgotha. I want to take you today to the cross where Jesus Christ gave his life for your sin and for my sin. Can I share with you a medical doctor that provided a physical description of what took place on the cross? He said... The cross is a place on the ground and the exhausted the cross is placed on the ground and the exhausted man is quickly thrown backwards with his shoulders against the wood. The Roman soldier feels for the depression at the front of the wrist forcefully drives a heavy square wrought iron nail through the wrist deep into the wood. Quickly he moves to the other side and repeats the grueling action, being careful not to pull the arms too tight, but to allow some flex and movement. The cross is then lifted into place. The left foot is pressed backward against the right foot, and both feet extended, toes down, and a nail is driven through the arch of each, leaving the knees flexed. The victim is now crucified. And as he slowly sags down with more weight on the nails in the wrist, excruciating, fierce pain shoots along the fingers and up the arms and explodes in the brain. The nails in the wrist are putting pressure on the nerves as he pushes himself upward to avoid the stretching torment. He places the full weight on the nails through his feet. Again, he feels searing agony of the nails tearing through the nerves between the bones of his feet as the arms of fatigue cramps sweep through his muscles, nodding them deep, relentlessly, throbbing pain with these cramps comes the inability to push himself upward just to breathe air can now be drawn can be drawn into the lungs, but not exhaled. He fights to raise himself in order to get even one small breath. Spasmodically, he is able to push himself upward to excel. It is in these moments that he looks and he says, behold my mother. It is in these moments that he says to the one that is on his side, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. It is in this moment that he pushes upon these agonizing pains and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Can you see him there? Can you see him today? I wish I could paint a picture. A man for no artist I believe has ever rendered an accurate picture of my Savior on the cross as his stare spanned between time and eternity. He has no clothes on. The only clothes he has is the blood that is pouring down from his head of the nail prints or the thorns and from the nail prints in his hands and the spear that is driven in his side. Do you see him today? Oh, his body looks hideous. His body looks grotesque. But if you look through the blood if you look through the matted hair that the thorns are intertwined, you'll see something there that no one else perhaps can see is you'll see tender eyes you'll see eyes of compassion you'll see eyes of mercy I'm here to tell you Calvary's not very pretty but I'm in love with the ugly I'm in love with what Jesus did for me because it was there he took my sins I was in love with what was supposed to be beautiful. I was in love with that which tickled my heart. My flesh wanted that. My flesh wanted that. My flesh was satisfied with the Rachel kind of love. But all the while, there was a tender-eyed, ugly one. (sighs) He's got tender eyes. I know this world is not attracted to him. I know that many churches have thrown the blood out. I know there are those today that want to talk about Jesus and what he did at Calvary. They want to paint it over as some glossy motivational preaching. Have a slick delivery. Have a nice, you know, uh, uh, set. Set in the mood. But can I tell you, Jesus on the cross for your sin and my sin was not beautiful. Are you tired of looking for love in the wrong places? Are you tired of looking for love and not finding it in the fleeting moments of this world? Are you tired of looking for love in the arms of alcohol and drugs? Are you tired of looking for love in the infatuation in but it's really lust? Are you tired of looking for love in all the wrong places, only leaving you hollow and leaving you without any hope? I've come to tell you today there is a love, amen, like no other love that's been waiting for you waiting, waiting, waiting for you to run to him, to go after him, to love him. Tender-eyed. I'm in love with the ugly. I'm in love with the ugly because I found out it's really beautiful. If I could take you to the Old Testament and I'm going to drop you into the wilderness and show you the tabernacle. Right. Somebody's got it in their office back over there. There's office of a t- picture of the tabernacle. And I can show you, in, and you, you could not see into the tabernacle because there's a fence. It stands about yea high. You can't jump over and see it. The only thing you can see is smoke rising. The only thing you can see is the top of the tabernacle tent, and the covering is badger skin. Badger skin, they tell me, is brutally ugly. It's gnarly looking. It's not very attractive. But oh, if you could ever get into the door and you can walk inside, you begin to see where the beauty is. The beauty is when you really get to living for God. The beauty is when you decide, I'm selling out for Leah and I'm going to make sure that I'm buried with Leah. I'm buried with my tender eyed lover. The Bible said in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4. Get this. I was so excited when I heard somebody's getting ready to get baptized. Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we are what? We are what? Buried with him in baptism into death. Why why am I going to get baptized? That's just getting wet. No siree. That Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Colossians 2 and 12. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. For you see, when I decide I'm going to live with Jesus. I'm going to live for the lover of my soul. The one that waited for me and gave his life for me. I go down in water in his name and I'm buried with him so that I am completely and totally identified with him from that day forward. I carried his healing. I carry his forgiveness. I carry his miracle of Calvary. I carry what the blood has done for me because I have been buried with the ugly one. I'm in love with the ugly one. So take Take me to the water. Take me to the water and put me down with him. Would you stand with me please? Paul said it like this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed to have the gospel on my arm. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to preach about Calvary and tell somebody that I've been saved. I'm not ashamed to let everybody know Brother Fortner, as you were saying, I want to tell them about Jesus. Because I'm in love with the ugly. and don't look very pretty to everybody else, and they don't understand it. For what looks pretty, what used to look pretty to me, what used to look attractive, the Rachels. All of a sudden I'm forgetting about it. Because I've caught a glimpse. I've caught a glimpse of a tender eyed lover. i caught a glimpse of a savior who was waiting for me. You see, someone repenting in the altar, somebody praying in the altar, from an outsider, looks pretty silly. Sunday night we had a man came to our altar and stood and wept for about an hour to an hour and a half as tears poured down his face, snot dripped off the ends of his nose. He was shaking and heaving. That's not very attractive if you're looking for Rachel. It's not very pretty if you're looking for something that's going to entertain the flesh. But what I saw was the effects of a loving, tender-eyed Savior that will pull on his heart. For you see, that's what God wants to see. He wants to see you repenting and crying out to him and running to him and say, Oh, God, forgive me. I love you. For the Bible declares, uh, uh, that young man that was in our church repenting Sunday night, if we could have rolled back the glory and could have seen into the heavens, we would see what the Bible declares is that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. All of heaven says that's beautiful. For if you could see Calvary from God's point of view, if you could see Calvary from heaven's point of view, he did not see the blood. He did not see the gore, but he saw the victory. He saw the deliverance. He saw your forgiveness. He saw what you can have if you're just willing to connect with a love like never before. I want to make an altar call tonight. And I want to put it like this. What are you in love with? What gets your passion? Can you quote the sports course? But you don't have a Bible verse that's your favorite and you can't even quote that. You're holding hands with Rachel. But Leah's there to help you. How many times have we walked away, kissed the Lord on Sunday in worship, said, I love you, only to go out Monday and live totally opposite of his will. This isn't about courting God. This isn't about having some kind of fleeing. This is a sellout. Because death means selling out. That's what repentance is. That is what getting right with God is. Is there anybody here today that just feels like, man, i gotta get, I got to get right with my lover. I've had my priorities messed up. Don't be ashamed. Come tell the Lord you love him by faith. Walking out with your body language right now, begin to say, Lord, I'm falling in love with you again. I'm falling with you afresh new. I've come today to tell you, I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.